0: Welcome to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Schimpoli, News Director at APPA. Our guest on this episode is Kirk Hudson, General Manager of Washington State's Chelan County PUD, he who's here to discuss how utilities can leverage data. Kirk, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Uh, good to be here. Thanks for the invite, Paul. Sure thing. So, Kirk, um, to get our conversation started, could you talk about why it's important for utilities to view the collection and use of data as an asset? And also, why is this topic of particular interest to you?
1: I'd be happy to. Starting out uh, first, why it's important to treat data as an asset. And then I, I just wanted to say that, you know, we really believe the uh, utilities have been around for a long time in operation. And, and we really believe that the new frontier uh, or the next frontier of improvement, operations improvement, really comes from uh, the use of data and being good at utilizing data, uh, you know, over time you become accustomed to doing uh, certain things a certain way, just based on your history and your experience. But uh, data can provide insights that you might not readily recognize. And so uh, we think it's it's, it's more and more becoming uh, valued as an asset. And we think uh, it's important to value it that way so that you can improve your operations. for us, uh, our interest and and why uh, you know I think it's important here at Chelan PUD is we've got a lot of systems and you see technology improvements come along and uh, there's a lot of data that's being collected, but Frankly, uh, we have uh, huge opportunities in how to better utilize that data. And and ultimately, the end goal here is how do you improve your service to your customers? And and we think data is a big part of that.
0: So kind of just broadening the lens for a moment, could you talk about the, in terms of an overall utility industry perspective, what are the specific areas that you see are as being ripe for leveraging data to improve utility operations? Boy, there's a lot of them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'll just the sky's the limit here. <laughs> right, right. But,
1: you know, maybe I can just share some of the things that uh we're looking into in mm-hmm. terms of uh the opportunities here. Uh we are a very asset intensive uh industry and particularly our utility. Uh we have uh three hydropower dams, uh two on the Columbia River and one up at a lake in central Washington and and uh with about two thousand megawatts of generating capacity and so you know couple things uh, come to mind for us. One is we have uh, a desire to move from maintenance strategy that's time-based to more uh, one that's uh, predictive or optimized. In in other words, you know, just like uh, your car, you're kind of accustomed to getting your oil changed every three to 7,000 miles, depending on what type of uh, oil you use. Um, you know, there's a time frame there, uh, and uh, that's also included that you can look at. And similar to your tires on your car, uh, you can go by miles or or time. And and you know, our history suggests we go by time in terms of how many years uh, between maintenance cycles on our large equipment. And you know, we don't think that that's necessarily the uh, most efficient or effective way to maintain our assets. Uh, there's all kinds of things in between that uh, govern you know when the best time to do the maintenance is and 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 some of that is depending on how your assets are operated Uh, we may operate them uh, harder in certain areas or times of the year than others and uh, we want to really understand uh, what that does to the machine and and so we want to move to a, a more predictive based maintenance approach another one is just there's a lot in our operation especially in hydropower you know the more we gain insights from data the more we understand how our operation not only affects you know the generation output but things like the environmental um, our water quality and dissolve gas in the water the more data we collect and the more we look at it and analyze it the more insights we get that we can operate a certain way and actually influences the uh, water quality and uh, there's a couple areas on the on the generation side on the electric distribution side I think first thing that comes to mind is uh, automated, Uh, metering infrastructure and just all the data that's collected from automated meters and uh, what you can do with that in terms of looking at the load uh, on your system, looking at uh, pattern usage for customers, providing the customers information that's useful to them on how they can look at uh, their energy consumption and, and reduce their bill accordingly. Another area I oftentimes think of, and I'm hoping we get into this a little bit later, is is I think for utilities in general, there's an opportunity to drive product development. You see some of the things that are happening outside of the utility industry, like these smart thermostats, and and uh, you know customers are actually, if a utility is not uh, doing automated metering, customers can learn uh, a awful lot about their electrical usage just from their smart thermostat and so for us as a utility is uh, you know hey we have all kinds of data in terms of uh, how uh, energy is being used on our system and are there things that customers uh, could benefit from in in the way of new products uh, developed if that data was leveraged for those purposes would also say uh, an area that's uh, becoming uh, quite important at least out in the west is uh, fire risk and we uh have been doing a lot in the last couple of years in the way of collecting data and weather conditions that would suggest a potential for new fire starts and changing the way we operate our electrical infrastructure along those lines when those high-risk weather events are are predicted so that uh, you know we can do everything we can on our end to ensure that our infrastructure doesn't start a fire and then you know, asset management, uh, collecting data uh, on uh, operational data and maintenance data certainly drives uh, how you approach your asset management uh, strategy. And, you know, I'd say the the one that's probably the the new holy grail for, for utilities is this concept of digital twins. Not sure if you've heard that term before, but it's got a lot of different meanings to different people. But uh the way we look at it is how do you replicate uh operation of uh one of your assets digitally um so that you can run different scenarios on a computer and see how things uh behave or uh see how you can model certain approaches to uh your operation but being able to do that without taking in a taking a machine down has a lot of value or even running you know, multiple simulations and to understand uh, if you operate a certain way, what that's going to do to the life of the machine over time. So, you know, there's just a few examples uh, of opportunities, I think, that are, are ripe for
0: utilities. Yeah, just a couple of follow-up questions. With respect to Shalon specifically, do you have one, like one or two people dedicated to this shift, or is it more of a situation where you're you're layering in this focus on data throughout operations?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question.
0: And I would say for Chelan,
1: it's a combination of both. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, what I mean by that is uh, we do have uh, just a few positions that are mostly focused on the data analyst, data science uh, type approach. Um, but then you have a number of positions that um, you know you have you have in the organization that you need in the organization to actually uh, allow those analysts and those uh, data scientists to uh, do what they do, and you have to have the infrastructure on the i t side of things. you have to have you know a business intelligence and data analytics strategy so that there's uh, tools uh, that those analysts can use and and, you know, I would say what's uh, so, so we have employees on all fronts and they're in different departments. Um, and so, you know, the challenge uh, is is how do you get them all focused on a similar strategy uh, with the different roles and responsibilities? And, and what's becoming clear is that many of our positions, uh, particularly our technical positions, are just having to become more and more. Analysts uh, just by the nature of the technology advances that are happening, and so you know, it used to be that you'd have an engineer uh, that would, uh, you know, ask for some data to be downloaded, and so they could do some crunching on an Excel spreadsheet or something like that. It's now, uh, you know, the engineers are becoming more proficient in uh, some of these advanced tools and the use of data to do their business day in and day out, and and we're seeing that more and more across our entire organization is uh, employees are having to develop that skill set uh, and to be able to use data on a regular basis and so it's, it's kind of a combination of those things
0: just to use a baseball analogy if i could so just to try to get a better sense in terms of where Shalon is right now in terms of um, leveraging data throughout its operations i mean would you say you're like in the fourth inning third inning i mean how close are you guys to kind of taking things to really the really dramatically the next level well i'm glad you used a baseball analogy because
1: <laughs> we we actually use a uh what we call an analytics curve and i, th- I think it has, yeah. if i'm not mistaken i think it has if you've seen that it, i think it has nine <laughs> nine spots on it so ah, okay you know, great there you go nine, nine and right. the, the, the ninth inning is the you know the place where everybody would love to be in terms right. of You know, artificial intelligence and optimization. And and we uh, reflect on that a lot. And we would put ourselves probably in the fourth or fifth inning along those lines that, uh, you know, I think we recognize that uh, uh, the value of the data, we have put a lot in place on the foundation side of things. We still have a long ways to go.
0: And so you may have already touched upon this to some degree in terms of our conversation uh to right now, but um are there any specific examples um that you wanted to highlight in terms of what you guys are doing and it's right now in terms of utilizing data?
1: Yeah, there's a couple examples that uh I I would like to highlight. One of them is uh we uh started what's called uh, a, it's a separate nonprofit company, the Hydropower Research Institute in 2018. And the whole premise uh, behind the Hydropower Research Institute, which was, I should say we started in, uh, and it was uh, started with us with uh, Southern Company, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi Power, and then uh, New York Power Authority came along too. And Army Corps of Engineers, Bureau of Reclamation, you know, some of the largest hydropower producers in the United States and Ontario Power Generation has joined us, Siraquina in in uh, Norway has, has joined us this year. You know, I'd, I'd say there's an example of, uh, you know, helping start a separate company with the sole purpose of uh, utilizing operational data from uh, hydropower producers. And the reason we did that was uh, we recognized that, uh, you know, we're limited by the amount of data we have with our three hydropower plants and 31 generating units and uh, recognized like going back to your, you know, baseball you know, approach there is, you know, to get to the ninth inning, uh, we recognize we need to have a lot more data or access to a lot more data than what we have on our own. So we formed a separate company with those others to uh, actually aggregate operational data so that we could all uh, benefit from more data than our own and drive these insights and uh, really utilize the power of data to get to these machine learning type. Tools and uh, eventually artificial intelligence optimization uh, approach. So, so there's one example of working with others and aggregating operational data to glean insights. And um, another one I would say uh, uh, is, is exciting for us as we've developed some anomaly detection models um, that just simply run all the time and pick up the data from our vibration and uh, temperature sensors on our hydropower turbines and so you know instead of relying upon a person to you know pull a chart or download data and then look at it and decide whether or not the machine is running the way you want to we built some of uh, these anomaly detection models that tell us you know hey the machine is operating different than what it's normally used uh you're accustomed to so there's a couple of examples i would say another one is going back to that fire weather risk uh where we've uh built some dashboards with these extreme condition predictors and forecasts uh, from the experts out there that help us uh, gain insight into whether we should be operating our system different in one of those uh, extreme low humidity, high temperature wind events. And uh, so there's uh, just a few examples there.
0: I mean, this has been really illuminating conversation. And I would imagine there will be a lot of utility executives who, who will be excited about the opportunities that, that you've um, provided an overview of. But I guess what I'd like to close the conversation talking about if, if you're speaking to those utility executives who, who have maybe haven't dived into to leveraging data to this point, if you could speak to, you know, what are some of the challenges facing utilities in terms of accessing and util- utilizing data and what strategies can be utilized to overcome those challenges?
1: Well, that's a darn good question. You know, I guess what I would uh, say along those lines is there's a lot of challenges. Uh, first and foremost is is recognizing that uh, data is an asset. And, you know, it used to be where you would have sensors and, you know, they'd go bad. And uh, a lot of times you'd say, oh, well, you know, next time we're out there, we'll replace it boy in this day and age um you know if you're not out there calibrating them making sure that uh they're collecting data and it's accurate data then you're you're missing uh opportunities for improvement so first and foremost, I'd say it's important for all of us in the utility industry to be recognizing that uh the data is an asset and actually adjusting our operations and maintenance strategies so that we know that the data is accurate and that we're putting the data in a place where it can be accessible that's the one that um I hear over and over and over again is you know we've got all these great systems and we're collecting all this great data but employees have a really hard time getting access to it and so it's it's difficult then to to glean the insights if your employees can't get access to it so you know there's one that I would say you know own at the top makes a big difference in making sure that the data is in a spot where employees can access it. They don't have to go through somebody to get it and because that just takes time, takes uh, multiple people. And uh, you lose uh, efficiency uh, having to go through multiple layers to get access. And then, you know, tools. I uh, The tools now are um, – it's amazing. New tools are developed every day. And, and when I talk about tools, I talk about things that uh, you can use to – analyze the data with and uh, particularly with cloud computing uh, you know you can if you can get your data in the cloud uh, which is uh, sometimes it's a that's a culture change in organizations is whether or not to put your data in the cloud some organizations are very averse to that but if you can uh, use the cloud then you've got data that's accessible anywhere. And there's all kinds of tools that are readily accessible with data in the cloud, as opposed to going through a more traditional approach where you're putting in the data in a place, then you're buying a piece of software and the licensing uh, that's associated with each piece of software and uh, understanding who uh, gets to use it and who doesn't. Um, so I think there's um, you know a couple of things there. And then the one that's probably the most important is the culture, and you know we think this is the uh, exponent factor, if you will. It's it's the most important thing. You can have all the data in the world, and you can have all the tools in the world, and but uh, if if you don't have a culture that's really set up for how to use that data, how to uh, be more data driven in your organization, and and collaborative and uh, learning type organization where uh, you're recognizing the value of it and putting things in place so that it can be used to, to improve your operation, then it's all for naught, really. If it, doesn't, if it doesn't change the way you operate, then uh, that's great. You just have a lot of neat things out there with data and a lot of neat tools. But if it doesn't change your operation, you don't have a culture that's focused on changing your operation, improving your operation, then it's, it's just all for naught. So I, I really do think it's uh, the tone at the top. Uh, makes a big difference if that's where you want your organization to be uh, uh, the people on the top of the organization uh, need to drive and support that
0: development. I guess a follow-up question. I mean, you know, Shalon is obviously, you know, in terms of the size of a utility it's on the on the larger side. So what if you're what if you're a smaller utility who may feel like, well, gee, I may not have the budget p- to pursue this as a as a as a strategy. I mean, I would imagine the universe of of leveraging data is such that while they may not be able to do as many things as perhaps shalon or another larger public utility may be able to do that that's not to say that they shouldn't at least investigate and explore um some ways in which to leverage data right oh correct i you know in fact i think
1: it's even more important for the smaller utilities um, okay. uh, because I think there's opportunities you know they any utility is going to have a challenge in in you know, increasing the staff uh, along the way because you pass that on to your customers. And so, you know, for the smaller utilities, I, I would I would go back to, you know, if particularly if they're accustomed to, you know, using uh, traditional systems, um, you know, look at the cloud, look at these uh, things that are out there that uh, will allow you to put your data in a place that's easily accessible and not that expensive, um, and then comes with a lot of tools uh, at the same time and certainly um, there's going to be some training and education that'll be needed but i think uh, with the way things are going uh, technology wise and and data wise there's opportunities and i would say going back to that other um, model the hydropower research institute look for look for ways to collaborate with others Um, if uh, you can collaborate with others uh, you not only share data but you can uh, reduce your overall costs if you're doing it together rather than each uh, small utility doing it on their own. Uh, look for ways to do that together. That, that would be my encouragement there.
0: Well, Kirk, thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to speak with us. Uh, it's been a really illuminating conversation. And I would love to have you back at some point next year to, to maybe revisit some of the topics you discussed today. But obviously, there's a lot else going on at Shallan. So love to explore those those with you as well. Well, thanks for the invitation, Paul, and just really
1: appreciated uh, the opportunity to speak with you.
0: Sure thing, Kirk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Public Power Now. We're encouraging listeners of the podcast to take a few minutes to complete APPA's new reader survey, which seeks feedback on this podcast as well as other APPA news offerings. Go to publicpower.org slash readersurvey. I'm Paul Champelli, and We'll be back soon with more from the world of public power.